everybody. Good evening. Welcome to Big Blue Avenue. I'm your host, Tom Scavetta, joined alongside Hank and Dichter. Uh, great show in store for you folks here tonight. But before we get into the meat and potatoes of it, make sure to go follow us below on our social media platforms on Big Blue Avenue on Instagram, Twitter, and our YouTube channel. And of course, we live stream every Thursday on Facebook and YouTube at Review and Preview Sports. So make sure to go subscribe to us there as well. Hank, how are you doing tonight, my friend? Doing pretty good. I think I'm not going to say I'm jumping for joy over the press conference, but you know what? I liked what I heard. Feeling somewhat optimistic and hopefully all goes well. Tom, how's it going, buddy? It's going good, especially after Joe Shane was named the new general manager of the Giants. Tonight, we're going to talk about that, go over some of the press conference takeaways, talk about some other team news, who the head coach favorites are. Obviously, the Giants seem to be close to hiring their next head coach. Then we'll go over some potential cuts over the course of the offseason and predict what we would do to help the team out and talk about some of the free agents. And we will briefly uh, scratch the surface on the Giants' 2022 opponents. But first, Joe Shane, named GM last week, assistant Bills GM coming down to uh, not New York City, but the New Jersey area, the tri-state area. And held a press conference yesterday, Hank, at 11.45 a.m. What were your initial thoughts on Joe Shane's press conference? Overall, I was impressed. Yeah, so was I. It seemed like he pretty much addressed every single problem that the Giants were having and every single question mark and went at it head on. And he also acknowledged that, you know, changes are going to be coming to the Giants and I think he knows it's not going to be a quick process. I mean, obviously, thank goodness we're not going to see him trying to pull a Dave Gettleman by trying to be a contender while rebuilding at the same time. But saying that we'll compete, but while also trying to fix things, that is something that I very much wanted to hear. And I also think he really did a good, excuse me, he did a good job analyzing that the one of the main elephants in the room, which was the quarterback situation. And I think he also, said what I would consider to be the correct answer. You have to bring him back next year. You obviously, there's really no point in drafting one that come the draft. I think you got to fix the foundations first and not to mention, got to give him, got to give Jones a shot with maybe the chance of having a better offensive line and having a better defense around him for sure. So overall, I would say it was a good press conference. Obviously I'm not going to get too nitpicky about it, but it's a good start essentially is what I'm trying to say. And I'm going to guess that's Brian commenting. Thank you, Brian. LGR, we're tied at two in the first period. Hopefully we can get a win tonight before Henrik Lundqvist tonight tomorrow. And I would imagine you're probably going to be there for that too. So I will see you there, my friends. Yeah. uh, A very interesting time in the New York Giants world. Uh, Appreciate that comment, Brian Attard. But yeah, these press conference takeaways, it's interesting because Obviously, he looked nervous, and I like Shane already because he was a Giants fan growing up because of Mark Bavaro, who played at Notre Dame. So I'm a big Giants and Notre Dame fan, so that's, you know, uh, two birds and one stone for me personally. And um, the Giants booked him the middle seat on a plane. Shane didn't complain. After the first interview, he told his wife and kids, he's like, this is the job I want. I want the Giants job. I'm really interested in that job. And I thought John Maris, Steve Tisch went about this hiring process very well. Um, And the first takeaway that I have is his first quote saying, 
I promise that I will do everything in my power to build a team that will make you proud, both on and off the field. And this is huge for me because I thought Joe Judge built a good culture where you never had to worry about many players off the field, if any. And I didn't want that to get skewed. But it looks like Joe Shane holds very similar values, and he's going to instill those in his next head coach here for the New York football giants. And I'm really excited to see um, what holds in store for this franchise, because I do think this is a step in the right direction. And his second quote, which was an obvious concern, and this was kind of an indirect shot at Dave Gettleman on the giant salary cap. It's a concern and it's real. And that was something I found very interesting because, um, Obviously, he hasn't even sat down with Kevin Abrams yet to go over it, but um, that's what he's going to do before they make the player evaluation. So what are your thoughts on the salary cap situation? I mean, look, I don't necessarily think of that as a shot at Dave Gettleman. I mean, look, do you think do you think that Shane and Gettleman really ever gotten in the room and like talked to each other about what was going on behind the Giants? No, I don't think so. And Second of all, I think if anything, I think that quote that quote really says more about how much homework he's done regarding the Giants. And look, let's face it: if you've even paid attention to the Giants throughout the season with the acquisitions they made, everybody knows that the Giants are in a terrible salary cap situation. What Dave Gettleman did was the equivalent of being a college freshman who has no experience with the credit card and spending it like crazy. And now it's up to Joe Chain to pretty much get that credit, pay off all the debt with the credit card, snip it up, get it back to zero, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely agree. I don't think there's a way you could fix this in one season. It's going to take some time. And I'm not really sure people have high expectations for the Giants this season, as I don't think they should. But his third quote saying, I don't take this job lightly. Yeah, you know, sometimes it seemed like, um, last year that Dave Gellman, you know, just kind of like, ah, it's whatever, you know, fourth year as GM, uh, you know, uh, expecting to win. Um, and I liked Dave Gettleman at the beginning. Um, the 2020 offseason, he had a good offseason, but he completely undid what he did in 2020 in 2021. The contracts of Leonard Williams and Kenny Galladay. Leonard had the leverage on the Giants, so they had to make that move. But you didn't need to spend all this money towards Kyla Rudolph, Mike Lennon, John Ross, and Devontae Booker. Those are just a few examples. And Noah Dibler with the comment here from the sports box, get Brian Dable in, avoid coin tosses, profit. <laughs> Love it. Brian Dable is the leading candidate to be the next head coach of the Giants at this time, which we'll get into the head coach candidates just a little later, Hank, but to kind of build off of shame, he mentioned that the team will plan to compete during the rebuild. Now, something similar to what Dave Gettleman said, but I think he's going about this in a different way. This is going to be a three-year project, in my opinion, where you're going to keep the quarterback intact for this year, but there's no guarantee past that. You want to start building from the inside out, and it starts with the offensive line. Absolutely. And I think, like I said, I've been saying this numerous times over the course of the season. If you're going to re- if you're going to start anywhere during a rebuild, I think the offensive line is the first place to start because obviously 
you got to start fixing up the trenches. You need you need more protection for your quarterback. And you know, it's been it's been an area that Giants general managers over the past decade have consistently whiffed on despite trying to really improve it and you know, I think with there's no question that if you're going to if you're going to go out and get somebody in free agency, which generally speaking, I know you and I agree that that's an area where the Giants should really steer clear from. I think you have to at least get like maybe a veteran presence on the offensive line. Don't have to like spend like crazy. Just get someone that maybe could be a cheap asset, someone who could give you, provide you some leadership. And then obviously when you get to the draft, if you're going to use both picks, which I I don't know if they're necessarily going to use both of them. I think one of them might end up getting traded over the course of the next few months. We don't know, but at least one of them you have to keep, and at least one of them you have to pick an offensive line. Otherwise, I I think, you know, if you you don't start there, then you haven't even looked at your foundation, although I also think getting an edge rusher is just as important too, I would say. We have a couple comments here, one from James Montefusco, who's backstage with a rebuild. Can this fan base take another three-year rebuild? I think if there's promise and if the team competes week in and week out and exceeds expectations by just a little bit, I think there's real promise here, as in – you may see the Giants win six to seven games next season, and that'll be a step in the right direction. If Daniel Jones has a good season, if these young players really start to develop, if you dump the contracts of Nate Solder and Kyle Rudolph, if you start to see progress, the coordinators are all in sync. No, nobody's late to practice having fistfights on the sideline. You know, this ain't some clown show organization. It's never been. And that's why people want this job. Brian Attard with a comment. If it's a three-year rebuild, don't they have to make a move with a running back? Would be turning 28 at the end of that third year. You're 100% correct. Mm-hmm. Don't make the same mistake that Brian Atard's Dallas Cowboys did in paying Ezekiel Elliott all that money where you could easily get a guy like a Wayne Gallman or a Zach Moss in the mid-rounds of the draft. You know, that's going to be less money. You don't need a superstar running back in the NFL. What you need is you need a great offensive line, you need one go-to receiver, and you need a good quarterback. That's what you need on an offense. And, you know, it all starts – you can have an average running back and still get by in this league. I mean, look at the Buffalo Bills, Devin Singletary, Zach Moss. Look at the 49ers, Elijah Mitchell is a sixth-round rookie. Uh, The Rams, Cam Akers, Sony Michelle. There's no superstar running back. And the Chiefs with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I mean, perfect example, Brian. Thank you so much for making that comment. Make sure to go check out Brian Attard on Tuesdays at 8.30 on the Highly Opinionated Show. Um, Looking at the backs playing this weekend right on, Tom. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Um, The Bengals, I mean, you got Joe Joe Mixon, who's probably the best one. Uh, But he's still young as well. And I don't believe he was a first-round pick either. Um, No, he was second, I think. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Joe Shane also mentioned that they have to keep Daniel Jones on his feet in order for him to put his best foot forward. He's a great kid with a great work ethic and desire to win. The team will build around him. And as far as what he's looking for in the next head coach, uh, leadership will be the top quality. They need to be into analytics and sports performance and conditioning. And they're going to cast a wide net of interviews. It doesn't matter if you were a head coach before, if you weren't where you came from, this and that. The Giants are going to keep their options open, and Shane is going to meet with Kevin Abrams and clear some money, 
which will come after the player evaluations, which is smart. You want to meet with all your players and evaluate them before making any type of crazy moves, before cutting anybody, this and that. Um, And it was mentioned that, yes, John Mara will not take his hands off of the head coaching hire, which is rightfully so. It's going to be a collaborative effort. You want a collaborative environment between your owner, your GM. Um, As soon as Shane had this first Zoom interview, he wanted this job. He mentioned he called his wife and said, I wanted this job. And he also admitted, Hank, there are several key pieces on this team already in place, but injury issues have hindered them, as in the Giants, for a while. Yeah, offensive line, that's an example. You didn't have Nick Gates. We mentioned that Nick Gates is probably – I, would you agree, Tom, that he was probably one of the more reliable offensive linemen that we had during the 2020 season? No that guy, Like, didn't that guy have a streak of, like, consecutive game consecutive games played up until he had that gruesome injury? Yeah. Shane Lemieux, we didn't really get to see much progress again because of the injury, and who knows how much better that offensive line really could have been with those two because Andrew Thomas showed a great deal of progress, as we mentioned, only one snap allowed over the course of – or, I'm sorry – only one sack allowed over the course of 500 snaps. Dang it. You know what I mean here. But in any yeah. event, yeah, it's true. I think the offensive line was an area that could have showed improvement had certain players been able to stay healthy. But we also know that that group did not have as, have as much depth, and thus they were forced to rely on signing guys off the street. And, gee, I wonder whose fault that is. Yeah, um, 100%. It comes down to DG. James with the comment backstage, Hank, what about the left side? You know you know what? Talk about pulling people off the street. Yep. We're pulling James off the street right now. How's it going, James? James? What's up, boys? I don't mind. I'm just hanging out on Thursday night. There's no football. Might as well tune in to Big Blue, catch up with you guys. I ain't watched the press conference, so I'm getting all my information from you guys today. Well, James, you're a part, you're part of the show. And, yeah. uh Biggest things to take away, Giants are committed to quarterback Daniel Jones for 2022, which makes sense, makes sense. entering the final year of his rookie deal. Focus this offseason will be on the offensive line. Giants obviously hold a fifth and seventh. Throughout the left side of that other line, it was Andrew Thomas, and then it was a revolving door between yeah. Shane Lemieux, Nick Gates, Ben Bredesen, and Matt Skira at left guard this season. So the left guard position is definitely a concern. Yeah. Big time. hundred percent. And other notes that Shane admitted, if you want to see what Saquon can do, it would be nice if we could block. Um, And Joe Shane has a very good relationship with Bill Parcells who hired him as a scout over 20 years ago. Um, saying that this Giants job was one of the best jobs to have. And he told that to Shane, which encouraged him to take this job, you know. And Shane also mentioned that Mark Bavaro was the reason why he became a Giants fan and he played at Notre Dame. Shane is from Indiana, so it makes sense geographically speaking. And I just really like where the Giants are at right now. We're going to get into the head coach interviews now. And the Giants have interviewed six candidates Brian Dable, Leslie Frazier, Dan Quinn, Lou Anaromo, Brian Flores, and Patrick Graham. And there's potential for more. 
there's definitely potential for more. I know a lot of people are saying we're nearing a decision, but you don't know what's going to happen over the over the next couple of days. Brian Dable had two interviews, had a Zoom, and then they met with him two days after the Bills were eliminated by the Chiefs. So that was really interesting. I don't know about you guys, but Brian Dable is my pick to be the Giants head coach right now at this time. Oh, without question. Brian Dable is the one coach. He's the one name on the list of all the people that it interviewed that I think really it was obvious that he had the head coaching material. I mean, this is a guy who improved the Bills offense. And you can say what you want about the fact that, you know, he oh, he's not going to have Josh Allen or the offensive weapons he had. Well, Brian, Brian Dable had a hand in helping develop Josh Allen. That's that's the big reason why the Bills were the way they were. And I think one of the ultimate things that we heard about Brian Dable was there was a tweet that was sent. It showed him talking to all his coaches. If any one of you guys have been in a position where you were fired, sit down. And then he did the same thing with, with his offensive players. If you've been cut or traded, sit down. And then he had, if you weren't in the first round, sit down. And then the only one left standing was Josh Allen. And then he's like, hey, Josh, have you ever – how many scholarships did you get out of college? Zero. Okay. Remember out where of high school. From. High, school. high school. Yeah, or out of high school. Thank you. That's why he played at Wyoming. This was yep. a guy who played against little competition in college, and we know what Josh Allen is, uh, you know. So the Giants also interviewed Dan Quinn, who's from New Jersey. We now know after today that Dan Quinn is now out and will likely be returning to Dallas, which I think is music to ears for a lot of Giants fans. And Sam Cardona says hello. How's it going, Sam? Oh, our third co-host that we miss dearly, Sam. We miss you a lot. Thank you so much for joining us here in the comments section tonight. Um, Sam, who's your picket head coach? We'd love to know. Uh, James, where's your head at right now? My head's at hearing... Dabble had so many interviews as soon as the se- as soon as the Bill season was over. Mm-hmm. I know they're still looking into other like Patrick Graham. I, I agree, Patrick Graham should get an interview. Mm-hmm. He was the Giants. He is still, if I'm wrong, correct me, the Giants defensive coordinator. Um, he has every right to. He's shown what he's been able to do with that defense, even though the defense was on the field way too long most games. I think Dabble makes the most sense. Uh, I mean, considering you're coming from upstate New York down to New Jersey, so that's that 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 looks nice. You know, you can still have your house up in up in Buffalo, but at the same time, he's he's sparking the most interest out of fans and out of the Giants itself. I think his development of Josh Allen and of that offensive line and that team as a whole will only help Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones has been pretty much through the ringer through his. Four seasons, right? Entering his fourth, and, yeah. Entering his fourth yeah. with, uh, who do we have? You know, the list goes on and on. It just makes the most sense because yeah. he can go up to Daniel Jones and be like, listen, this worked. Whoever he picks for an offensive coordinator will also help. Be like, this all worked for Josh Allen. This should be able to, he should be able to formulate something to fit Daniel Jones because they're almost the same kind of quarterback in a way, but mm-hmm. not really. But it's the same type of style of play, which I think Dab would be 110% able to fix Daniel Jones and the offensive completely. 
Yeah, if we can get him to what, like, 50, 60% of what Josh Allen is, I'd be happy. I'd That'd be, be happy with that. Big upgrade. Yeah, and I think that would be really good to compete and be a consistent playoff team in the NFC. But Sam has a comment. She also loves Dable, but wouldn't be upset with Lou Anarumo. After you told me, Tom, he's from Staten Island. He seems like he would be a solid fit. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you something about Lou Anarumo, because everybody knows, all right, Dan Quinn is out. Patrick Graham was interviewed. It's probably not going to be him. And everyone's talking about, oh, Dable, Frazier, and Flores. I don't think it's going to be Frazier, and I don't think it's going to be Flores. Lou Anarumo is the dark horse, though, and here's why. Not only is he from Staten Island, he was the Giants defensive backs coach in 2018. He has ties to Joe Shane uh, with the Miami Dolphins, so this hire would make sense. And look what the Bengals' defense was able to do, right? Everybody talks about Joe Burrow and that offense. Joe Burrow is not what got the Bengals to the AFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. What got the Bengals to the AFC Championship game was their defense. It yes. was their defense. So Lou Anarumo oh. will bring a lot Joe of Josh tools. Got, or Joe Burrow got them in the playoffs too, though. He did, but at the same time, the guy had no offensive line, and that's not really Lou's problem, but I see where you're coming from with that. Let me get to this comment from Brian. While I agree with that they should give DJ another year, what I think is a mistake is if they force him on a new coach, a new GM. Never think that's a good idea. Yeah, I don't think they're forcing him. I think when you're rebuilding, you don't want to get a quarterback right away because then your neck is immediately on the line and you want time for this to work out. You don't want a new quarterback stepping in when the, when the team is not ready to compete. For instance, Patrick Mahomes, the the team was set for him in Kansas City, mm-hmm. you know. So that's that that's kind of where my head is at with that. Um, Brian, I think Daniel Jones is the guy, you know, and I will live and die on that rock. I really do. Um, I know your co-host Mike Galetta feels a similar way, but at the same time, if it doesn't work out next year, it's time to move on. If his injuries are an issue again and his play is still okay to good, you have to move on. I think all three of us here can agree with that. Um, Injuries have hindered him greatly throughout his first three seasons as a giant. And Sam also just have to say, I get Dan Quinn saying he's staying in Dallas, but it was weird. The Cowboys made an announcement that McCarthy is staying. Like, why would you announce it if you weren't thinking he might be out of here? Apparently, Dan Quinn really wanted this Giants job. I think that's the only job he really wanted, even though he interviewed with the Bears and the Broncos, who both hired their head coach today. And the fact that Dan Quinn is returning to Dallas means the Giants told him no, which leads me to believe the Giants have already hired their head coach, and we and it just hasn't been announced yet. Especially after Ian Rappaport made a tweet today saying the Miami Dolphins will be conducting second-round interviews early next week. If you put the math together and add all the dominoes up in place, who's going to be the next head coach of the New York Giants? Brian Dable. And it's going to be announced probably late Friday or early Saturday. Dominic Daniele in the comments section. I agree, Tom. Defense played more of a factor for Cincy in the playoffs. That you do because it ruined our Titans' money line this weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Not to mention, 
Lou Anarumo's defense held Derrick Henry to 66 yards on 20 carries. And I will say this regarding Lou Anarumo. Having a, de- having a defense coach necessar- isn't necessarily the worst thing in the world either because let, let's not act like the defense was a strong point for the Giants this year. If, if it was a strong point, it was only marginally stronger than the offense. Let, let's be real. I think, I think a lot of that had to do with Patrick Graham maybe masking up what, was, what had a lot of like you know holes. I think we all know that they had trouble stopping the run, and I think really it was the secondary more than anything that was really a strong point of the team. Absolutely. Um, so Brian Flores was interviewed today. He got a second interview with the. So that we got to meet with Brian Flores. Hopefully they figured out what went wrong in Miami. It seemed like there was tension between them and the GM. And, you know, to just touch upon Brian Flores for a minute, everyone's saying, oh, he got fired after his team started one and seven and they finished the season nine and eight winning eight out of their last nine games. What's the issue the Giants have been having the last almost decade? They get off to slow starts to begin the season. What has Brian Flores done his first three seasons? He's gotten off to slow starts, and that's not something the Giants can have. If you want to hire Brian Flores as the head coach, I wouldn't hate the hire. This is just my personal opinion. You may as well have kept Joe Judge if you're going to hire Brian Flores because they're pretty much clones of each other. I'm telling you from experience, both assistant coaches who got head coaching jobs probably too soon in their young coaching careers. I'm not saying you're wrong at all, but if Brian Dable is the best guy for the job, which I think he is, and Joe Shane is the best guy for the job, and they think they can't win with DJ, ownership shouldn't force him on them. Coaches and GMs want to be judged on their guys. Here's the thing. Here, here's the thing about this. You want to be judged on your guys, which is why you want to build from the inside out. Nobody's forcing DJ on the Giants. The Giants have a terrible cap situation. And I think most Giants fans are all in the, in the same boat that you can't go out and draft a quarterback this year and expect things to change. I mean, what they should do is sign a Jacoby Brissett-like quarterback or a Mitch Trubisky in free agency. I would love to see one of those two be our backup quarterbacks, in particular Jacoby Brissett, because he's a veteran. He's won before. Um, I like the guy. I like the guy a lot. He's won games. He was a starter for the Colts in 2019, almost brought them to the playoffs. Guys, we have more comments pouring in. Holy smokes. Uh Giants hiring Brian's strong. Look, I, I, I wouldn't hate a Brian Flores hire. Um, you know, I, I, I just I don't know if he's my number one candidate at this time, except Flores wins. Mm. Okay. But here's this, Kyle. Mm. <laughs> he beat Houston. They lost to Jacksonville. He beat Houston. Uh he beat the Jets twice. Oof. I think they beat the Patriots twice. You beat a Baltimore team that was injury riddled all season. Let you know what? Let's look at the Dolphins' wins in the second half of the season because I'm pretty sure most of their opponents were really, really bad opponents. Now that's no knock on Brian Flores. You still won football games and you beat what's in front of you. But let let's take let's take a look. They barely beat the Saints too. They beat the Texans. 
They beat the Ravens when they were injured. They beat the Jets twice. They beat the Panthers. They beat the Giants. They beat the Saints. And they beat the Patriots twice. Their eight losses, Buffalo, playoff team, Vegas, playoff team, Colts, almost playoff team, Tampa Bay, playoff team. They lost to Jacksonville. They lost to Atlanta. And they got blown out by Buffalo. Brian Flores wins against bad teams. The only notable win out of that would be the Patriots. Two wins against the Patriots. Yeah. One, one, one of them was by one point, but I'm sorry. Uh, Miami just had a very easy schedule in the second half of the season. They didn't have many injuries. And again, that is no knock on Brian Flores, you know? And yes, you could say yes. He Dom has a good comment here. Um, to be fair, he made a Ryan Fitzpatrick-led team look pretty good the year before. I think they would have made the playoffs if they didn't give the starting job to Tua. I'm not opposed to Brian Flores being the head coach of the Giants, guys. I would just prefer Brian Dable because I think he checks off all the boxes and will give the Giants the best chance to succeed. Plus, I think he's going to feel very comfortable in this job because Joe Shane is the general manager here. And again, you want to work in lockstep. I mean, this is something that I think would be really good for this this football team. Mm Mm-hmm. But quite a few Belichick disciples beat beat him, so I don't put a whole lot of stock in that. I agree with that, Steve. I agree with that. It's ownership's fault. Daniel Jones has regressed 100%. That's why John Mara came out and said the comment, we did everything we can to screw this kid up. I can't say he was wrong about that either. And John Mara also shut down the Deshaun Watson rumors. The Giants will not trade for quarterback Deshaun Watson. Obviously, a lot of off-the-field issues going on. He's being investigated by the FBI, and there's a lot of nonsense right now. I don't think you want to bring Deshaun Watson here and give up your draft capital. Plus, you're going to have to pay him. The Giants can't afford it either. So this really won't make sense, as the Giants also can't afford a Russell Wilson type of quarterback. It's not in our stock. You might as well let Jones play out his rookie contract and see where he's at heading into next year. I do not believe that you give Daniel Jones the fifth-year option, though. I don't think he's earned that because he's been hurt his first three seasons, guys. I I do think you have to go out and get a better backup quarterback than who we have. I'm sure both of us, all three of us can agree on that in one way or another. Um just because of the fact that we saw the two backups we had at times couldn't do anything. So I think if they go and get like a Brissett like Tom, what you were saying earlier, makes sense. Because then if Daniel Jones, not going to what he doesn't get injured again, but if he does, you have a decent backup where it's like, you know what? We don't pick up the fifth year on Jones. We have a decent backup to either hold us over or a veteran guy where he can potentially train the new starting quarterback isn't a bad option in my opinion. Right. Kyle Russo, only reason why Flores is gone because he didn't want to uh, as his quarterback. He had wanted Herbert in the 2020 draft. Flores won with Brissett, Fitzpatrick, and Tua as his quarterbacks. That's a good coach. 100%. 
I think he's a, I think he's a good coach, but would he win here? That's what I'm thinking. And I don't know if it, we would get the most out of Daniel Jones because then what would happen is we'd hire an offensive coordinator, and if the coordinator's really good, he's likely not coming back the following year. He'll only be here for a year or two. Um, at least that's how I feel. And Noah says back-to-back winning seasons with the roster he took over as a testament to his coaching ability. There, This is no knock on Brian Flores, guys. This is Hank and I have read a lot of things that we personally do not like the fit with the Giants. It's not that we don't like Brian Flores, the coach. We like Brian Flores, the coach, but do we really need a defensive minded guy right now? I would love to keep Patrick Graham on this coaching staff. I don't think it's going to happen, but there's rumors that if they hire Brian Dable, a coaching staff is already figured out. Is that true? I'm not sure, but I'm just saying, you know, it, it makes a lot of sense. Noah Tua sucks coming from the Georgia fan who Flores wanted to dump for Watson. Tua over Herbert isn't exactly Rager over Jefferson, but man, it's not good. <laughs> oh, with this at the Philadelphia Eagles on a giant show, Brian Atard, I love you. You can always you can always count on him for that. <laughs> Sam looks way different than her last appearance. 100%. If it's Dable, I think he can get something out of Jones. I think he meant to say Ken instead of can't. But, uh, yes, Steve, this is a good point. Um, Again, am I 100% sure it's going to be Dable? No. But I think if you want to get the most out of your football team and the most out of Daniel Jones, I think this is the correct hire. Now, if he's gone, I think it should be a toss-up between Flores and Anarumo. I'm not totally backing Flores out here. He's just he's not my first option. That's all we're trying to say. To be fair to Dable, if he has had a big part in Adams, if he had as big a part in Allen's development as I believe he did, that's the exact guy you want if you want to give Daniel Jones one last chance. And that's why Tom and I are very much on the Dable train as far as head coaching goes. The reality is, regardless of who the head coach is, Daniel Jones is about 99.9% penciled in. Dable's more than likely the correct hire because of that. I think Jones's injuries were more of a result of him trying to make something happen and having an awful line. Yeah, Steve, you know, the kid's gotten beat up a lot, but he needs to learn how to slide. Mm-hmm. He, he he needs to learn how to slide. Eli Manning could never slide. And Daniel Jones is more athletic. I mean, if Daniel Jones went to the Eli Manning school of sliding, the, the one year they were together, I mean, it, it wasn't a very good class that he took because, quite frankly, it's uh, not, not a good fit for his skill set. But – you know what? Since we're talking about all these head coaching candidates, now that Dan Quinn is out, let's rank the top five in order, the top five that we currently have. Uh, as you can see on the ticker below, it's those five names except for Dan Quinn. So Brian Dable, Leslie Frazier, Lou Adarumo, 
Brian Flores, Patrick Graham. Uh, James, I'll start with you here. Where is your head at? Do Brian Dable. Mm-hmm. Um, Patrick Graham, Flores, and Frazier. Okay, so Frazier would be last for you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that's a good pecking order. I can't really disagree with that. Hank, do you have any uh, arguments to that? Um, I would say the only one I would have, I would probably put Anna Rumo maybe a little bit higher on the pecking order because I – not just because, like, we see him as, like, you know, a, a dark horse candidate, but I think, you know – He's kind of the the one guy in, on that list who quietly has done a good job as an assistant coach. But I'm not – that doesn't mean he's going to be number one on my list. Obviously, you know where number one is. We're not – that's not the goal. The goal is like everyone else. I would say number two for me. Two and three would be either Anarumo or, or Graham. It could really be any order. It's it's kind of interchangeable at this point. Leslie Frazier is on the uh, – sorry, Brian Flores is on the lower tier because even though there are a lot of things that I read about him that I didn't necessarily like and I still don't, I think one of the things that bothers me about Brian Flores that we didn't really talk about is the fact that he's had a habit of changing his coaching staff as, as pretty much pretty much as often as guys change their clothes. So there you go. Um, I would probably put him a little bit lower, but regardless, I still think he's a decent coach. But – Number five on my list would probably be Leslie Frazier. 100%. Um, yeah, Dable's number one for me. Uh, I like Anarumo. I like Graham. I don't think Graham's going to be the head coach, though. Um, I don't think Anarumo is either. I think he's a wild card for me. Um, I also think they might expand the search. Really? I also think they might expand the search. If they don't hire anybody, let's say Miami snags Florida, uh, not Flores, uh, Dable, which I think is very, very unlikely at this point after what Rappaport reported today. The Giants may interview some extra individuals here. Um, but, yeah, I would go probably Dable, Anarumo, Frazier, Graham, Flores. Shane also did mention the reason why I'm saying this guys, Shane also did mention that he would leave the door open for additional head coaching interviews. Um, and Joe Shane also made his first move as general manager of the giants today, signing X bills, running back Antonio Williams to a future contract. So that's going to be very interesting to see if he makes the team. And James, I hope we're not holding you up here. You can stick around if you want. Um, no, I'm good. I got nothing. Feel free to stick around. We have now, some more. Now I got a question for you. Yeah. Patrick Graham, if mm-hmm. he doesn't get the head coaching job, which is probably very small percentage he does. Right. Do you think he stays with the Giants? Unfortunately, I don't. Because when Joe Judge took over, new DC in Patrick Graham, new OC in Jason Garrett. I prefer Patrick Graham over a Wink Martindale or a Vic Fangio. But I think if Brian Dable's the head coach, there's a good chance Wink becomes the DC. Um, I don't know who the OC would be, though. I'm not so sure. I think Ken Dorsey is going to be the new OC with Buffalo. I think that's a pipe dream for Giants fans. If you think Dable's going to be able to bring Dorsey, especially Josh Allen's going to want Ken Dorsey as his offensive coordinator if Dable's the head coach of the Giants. 
Um, it's what I do, says Brian. <laughs> um, Noah says Giants could have Jesus of Nazareth as head coach next season. They're not winning right away. Massive rebuild. Yeah, yeah, you might be right, but everybody said this about Philadelphia last year when they won four games, which is the same amount of games that we won. And they ended up in the playoffs this year at nine and eight. They benefited from their last place schedule, and that's what we have. We have a last place schedule. You know, we're playing teams like the Panthers, the Texans, the Jaguars, the Seahawks. A lot of bad teams we're playing next year. So it is possible the Giants could win seven or eight games if everything goes right. Uh, but we haven't even touched free agency yet. We haven't come anywhere close to the draft. Granted, we don't even have a coaching staff right now. So how can we even make predictions, guys, right? Um, Eagles won their Super Bowl in week one. <laughs> Over Atlanta. <laughs> Giants are getting boat raced in 2022. Uh, not in every game. Oh, I think the Giants are going to be competitive. I, I, I really, really do. Uh, but why hire a defensive-minded coach when your offense has been horrible for years? I agree 100%. Um, let's be honest. Graham was a Rooney role hire. Uh, I think they were going to interview Patrick Graham anyway because he was on the coaching staff. Maybe – Shane also wanted to say to him, would you be willing to stick as the defensive coordinator if, you know, mm. we hire a new head coach? Obviously, it would be up to him, but I wouldn't trust Frazier to hold a lead with even 13 seconds left. <laughs> yeah, I don't want Le- Leslie Frazier. I'm sorry. Great defensive coordinator, but, yeah, he did not have a good showing. That was calling a slot blitz and uh, – <sighs> Gives me pains. Um, speechless right now. Go Big Blue. Shout out to Deanna, big Giants fan, right? Watching the show here tonight. Noah says this is true. John Jersey Taylor. Hello. Welcome to the show, John. We haven't hired a defensive head coach since Parcells. Uh, yeah, because Ray Hanley, Dan Reeves, Jim Fossil was offensive-minded. Tom Coughlin was an offensive mind. He was a wide receivers coach when we won 25. And then after that, we went McAdoo. We went Shermer, both offensive guys. And we went Joe Judge, special teams slash wide receivers. Joe Judge was probably the closest thing to a defensive-minded head coach that we've had since Bill Parcells, if you think about it. It's true. Yeah. Very good point by John. Thank you so much for the comment. Keep the comments coming, folks. We love the engagement. We love the interaction. Really appreciate it. Let's go over some potential cuts on this Giants team. And, of course, if you have any other suggestions on wild card head coach candidates that you would throw in there, we'd love to hear. Giants have a lot of cap problems heading into this 2022 offseason. They are $7 million in the red, which means they got to get under Thanks to Dave Gellman. <laughs> now, there is a list of potential cuts, and I think a lot of these guys on this list should not be cut, but I'm just going to read off some names. James Bradbury carries a $21.8 million cap hit. The Giants would save $12 million if they cut him. Blake Martinez has a $14 million cap hit, would save $8.5 million if they cut him. Sterling Shepard, $12.5 million cap hit, they would save $5 million. Kyle Rudolph, 7.4 cap hit. 
would save five million if they cut him. I think that's an obvious one. Nate Solder, four million dollar cap hit, obvious cut. O'Shane Zimenez, $1.2 million cap hit. I know he has one year left on his rookie deal, but he hasn't done much. The Giants would save another million that they could allocate to somewhere else. Matt Pert, if they cut him, they could save around eight hundred dollars Or you could keep him on the roster as the swing tackle. Nick Gates, $3 million cap hit, would save $2.2 million if cut. Again, Nick Gates is coming off an injury. I think he's going to stay on the team. Riley Dixon, $3.5 million cap hit would save $3.25 million if cut. So what do you guys think about this? Are there any players on this list that you think the Giants have to cut heading into 2022 to save up some cap space? Hank, I'll start with you on this one. Yeah, I would say Nate Solder is the obvious one. Lot paid. You paid the guy a lot of money, hasn't really been as effective on the offensive line. I think he's the obvious odd man out i would imagine that sterling shepherd that one kind of hurts me to say but i think again considering they're going to have have a lot of ways to go to try to get themselves back in the proper situation i think ultimately at the end of the day they have a good amount of receivers and i think he's going to be the one that ends up going and it sucks to say that too because he's really he poured his heart and soul into the giants he's been there for so long been through a lot of a lot of good, a lot of, um, mo- well, no, I can't even say good or bad because mostly bad. <laughs> so I would say Shepard's one and Zemenez is definitely gone. If he hasn't even been on the field, you're paying him 1.2. I think he's another obvious one. And Rudolph too, another name didn't mention. James, what are you thinking? Uh, Guys, gotta get canned. Rudolph is gone. Is Ingram up yet, or what, what are we doing? What's so Ingram, Ingram's an unrestricted free agent, so we can't cut resigned. him. We either just let him walk or we re-sign him. All right, so, so we get nothing for him. Uh, Shep, yeah. Shep's gone. You know, Hank, I agree. He's been on this team for so long. Um, Solder's definitely gone. Rudolph's gone. Um, Blake Martinez – He's not gone because he led the league in tackles. It just happened to have he got a very bad injury this year. Mm-hmm. I would say right. maybe they try to restructure his contract if mm-hmm. in any way. Um, same thing with um, uh, Tom and Blank and other guys. Bradbury. Yes, thank you. Bradbury, I would say they could probably restructure him as well. Um, and then Zimenez is gone. He hasn't touched the field once. Why hold on to him? Here's my proposal and my solution to this, because I don't like restructuring contracts at all. This is my solution, ladies and gentlemen. The obvious cuts are Sterling Shepard, Kyle Rudolph, and Nate Solder. You cut those three right there, you save almost $15 million. You're saving around $15 million if you cut those three players alone. That puts you eight in the positive. Now, I think you extend both James Bradbury and Blake Martinez by one year each, maybe Bradbury by two, who knows, to even out that money. You even out that money, that lessens their cap hit for 2022. So let's say they extend Blake Martinez. His cap hit for this year may only be $4 million instead of 8.5. Bradbury, who has a $22 million cap hit, since they backloaded that and restructured him, we would save 
probably about only three to four million if they extended him, depending on the length of the extension. If it's a one-year extension, so right then and there, you're looking at about twenty-two million in the green now, which is really good. You cut Zimenez, you're twenty-three million in the green. I think Riley Dixon should take a pay cut, maybe give him a one-year extension. I don't think he's a bad punter, but he's making way too much money to put up average numbers in the in the NFL. Uh, Nick Gates, you keep hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Have Matt Pert battle it out in camp. Have him battle it out in camp. You know, mm-hmm. stack talent over talent, right? Don't be afraid to do it. Get depth. I don't think Matt Pert is the future starting right tackle. Unfortunately, he was a former third round pick of ours. I think you might be drafting it fifth overall and Ekem Aquonu or Charles Cross. I think it might be one of those two guys. Who knows? Evan Neal. We don't know. We really don't know. So, yeah, that's, that's what I would do. You cut uh, four, including Zimenez, you'd save around $15 million. Extend Bradbury and Martinez, and you're saving money right there just by doing that. And I, and I hate to make this sound like a math class, folks, but <laughs> this is what happens when you have poor front office management, right? Yeah. And this is what really sucks about Sterling Shepard. I think he's the most essential receiver that needs to be healthy for Daniel Jones to have success. But the problem is his season ending injury happens so late in the football season. The giants really don't have a choice here. They don't even know if he's going to be available for parts of the 2022 season. That's a problem right there. More comments pouring in John Jersey Taylor Mara did tell GM candidates. He would eat money to gain some cap space. Interesting. Don't think Shepard is a bad player by any means, but with his injury history and the Tony pick, I'd at least consider options with him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Darius Slayton has some drop problems, which scares me. I think with better coaching, it could be fixed. He's entering the final year of his rookie deal. I'm totally content, Hank. I don't know about you with throwing out Galladay, Tony and Slayton next year as the top three and drafting a receiver on day three to be that number four guy. I don't hate that at all. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. I think you can, you can have them playing hopefully a fully healthy season, get maybe a diamond in the rough receiver later on. Yeah. That's not, that doesn't sound so bad to me either. Yeah. Um, It'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, Also Noah says you can send Shep to Atlanta. Martinez yeah, is rather, too good. Rather Shep go to a better team than that, but uh, if you want him, enjoy him. And as far as Blake Martinez goes, he's yeah. not getting cut. No, no he, that never once crossed my mind. No, it, losing Blake Martinez, it was it's simple. That was it, it's an ACL injury. I'm not like free. I'm not. I'm not saying he needs to be cut after one injured season. I mean, let's not forget what he did in 2020. I still. I would still consider Blake Martinez to be one of the better moves that Gettleman made, but for sure. Yeah, it was definitely a good contract. So the Giants have 17 free agents. I think a big problem with our roster this year, all filled with free agents and trades. I wonder whose fault that is. I, I, did, I did a roster check. Right. It was funny. Less than 20 of the players on our active roster were drafted. And then draft Brock Bowers in 2023. Well, see, I don't know if I'd do that. What I would do is I would keep Caden Smith as the starting tight end in 2022, dump Ingram, 
dump Rudolph mm-hmm. and you could draft the tight end on day two or day three, like a Jake Ferguson, somebody like that out of Wisconsin, who's playing in the senior bowl. We know the giants love their senior bowl guys, make them complement three tight ends, build off each other. I see how it is. Hey, <laughs> oh, geez, that wasn't meant to be a shot of your team, man. I just want Pepper to have success somewhere. <laughs> Could Jalen Smith be an option to replace Blake Martinez? And, John, it's your lucky day because you're asking this to a Notre Dame fan, which is where Jalen Smith went to college. <laughs> no, the answer is no. I think Jalen Smith could be the linebacker paired in next to Blake Martinez. I think Jalen Smith could be a good off-ball linebacker, which is what the Giants need whether it's in free agency or the draft, likely in the draft. I think we need to upgrade over Tay Crowder. We've seen two seasons of Tay Crowder now. I think at best he should be a reserve that is rotated in on passing down situations. I do not want him getting 40, 50 snaps a game on defense. We should cut that snap total in half. I think he'd be more productive that way. At least that's how I feel. Um, But, yeah, we're getting into some offseason needs here. These are our needs. But – the free agents that we currently have, we'll, we'll roll through. And I want your thoughts. Tell me what you guys think. Fans watching, tell me your thoughts. Let us know what you guys think and gals. First name is Evan Ingram. I'm saying no. Don't re-sign him. You don't have the money to do it. Time to move on. Drop problems. Injury problems. I'd rather move on from it anyways. Yep. You should have moved on years ago. I'm glad you're with us, James. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> I'm very glad you're with us. Steve I says bye bye, stone hands. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> Tom, correct me if I'm wrong, but if I hate that comment so much. <laughs> Unpin. Shots fired. <laughs> no, what was I gonna say? Tom. How many how many Reese picks are left if if uh, the guys that we if 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 our predictions are right because Shepard now would be gone and Dona that mean no Reese picks left uh, about yeah. time so yeah Engram I I agree with that yeah, I, I, I'm not only is the Stone Hands a problem with me he can't block Gettleman yeah, was worse it's a problem. We thought Reese was bad. Reese yeah. was our GM for 10 years. He wasn't as bad as Gettleman. <laughs> Ingram is an embarrassment to professional tight ends. He did have three touchdowns this year. Just saying, he led the Giants in receiving touchdowns, which is pathetic. <laughs> Next up, Jabril Peppers, safety, local guy from Paramus, New it's been a kind of last year, but his rookie contract is up. Giants gave him the fifth-year option, and he suffered a really bad injury. I think he tore his Achilles or ACL, something like that. I think with the, the development of Xavier McKinney, you have Logan Ryan, you have Julian Love. As much as I'd love to keep Jabril Peppers, I don't think I don't think you have the money to bring him back because you're in the negative. It doesn't make sense to bring Jabril Peppers back. And we know the Giants generally don't give safeties big contracts. Look what happened with Landon Collins, right? I mean, the best safety we probably had that we kept around for a while was Antrell Roll. Mm-hmm. You know, Jabril Peppers, uh, not Jabril Peppers, Jabril Wilson, we let walk after his rookie contract. We didn't bring him back, and he was a big part of our Super Bowl run. So I don't see Peppers coming back. 
sadly. That one hurts. It hurts a lot, but got to move on from him, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I don't disagree, unfortunately. And you know what? You know what sucks about that is it makes the Beckham trade look bad. Eh. Sort of. Yeah, but I mean, the Browns aren't necessarily better off. I mean, o- Odell left them. Well, before. no, of course, but it just. And Zeitler was clearly a casualty of last offseason's cap. Otherwise, I still think he'd be a giant. Yeah. Isn't Peppers good when healthy? Yes, he is good when healthy. He but are you going to allocate a big contract towards a safety when you already have two good ones on the roster in Logan Ryan and Xavier McKinney and a good backup in Julian Love, who's still under his rookie contract? No. It's not happening. It's just not happening. Um, Nate Solder, no. No. James, I'm sorry. Are you no No, on Jabril Peppers? Yeah, I'm no. They should have really traded him last season. Um, Unfortunately, the injury kind of derailed that. Kind of derailed that, yeah. (sighs) I love Spicy Pep. Going to miss that guy. Again, no foregone conclusions. He might come back. He might come back, yeah. Who knows? Nate Solder, no. Absolutely not. Um, I think that's a clean sweep. Austin Johnson is a free agent. We brought him back on a one-year deal after the Giants did not re-sign Dalvin Tomlinson in free agency. Austin Johnson is a player I think you do bring back as a depth piece. Sign him to maybe a two, two and a half million dollar deal. He did a good job for us in 2021. And I think if, if you're going to spend a little bit, spend it on in-house talent that you know was successful last year, I say bring back Austin Johnson if the price is right. See what I did there? (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That's a great one. Not just so much because you're talking about one of my favorite game shows, but because, you know, Billy Price. And, yes, (laughs) puns for days, am I right? (laughs) Yeah, you could use your Bill Peppers, yeah. but you don't know how he's going to be coming off that injury. I think Shane's going to address that, John. Mm-hmm. I really do. John, thank you so much for your comments tonight. Really appreciate it. Make sure to go check us out every week. Big Blue Avenue. Put our uh, ticker here below so that you can find us. Instagram, Twitter, and our YouTube channel at Big Blue Avenue. We'll be doing a lot of draft content. Really, really love the engagement, guys. Noah says we'll take anybody we can, but not Nate Solder. Not Are you Nate sure? He, he's, he's a great tackle. You should take him, Noah. It's phenomenal. Peppers could have one leg and still be better than the bums here. <laughs> no, Noah's desperate, I'm telling you. Next up. Oh, I'm sorry. Austin Johnson, what do you guys think? Keep him. Hey. Yeah, keep him for sure. I agree like the show, like the page. Thank you so much, Brian. You're the man. Like the sports box. Go check them out. Like the show, like the page as well. They are awesome people. They do a lot of great stuff. They dominate our comment section every week. Guys, we have to start dominating their comment section every week because they put on as many shows as we put on. They put on more. So, I mean, you got to go check those guys out. Noah Dibler is going to be live tomorrow night on the Sweet Tea Show. 
with Garth Michael Patrick and then Brian Attard. You can catch every Tuesday evening on Highly Opinionated with Mike Galletta. And he's also live on Sunday mornings during football season with his uh, pregame show. Him and a couple of his buddies do that. And next up, I can't wait to get to this guy, Will Hernandez. Get that man out of here. First round talent, my ass. Yet another one of yet another offensive line whiff. Failures. Oh man. I'm gonna give the kid the benefit of the doubt a little bit. He suffered a lot of tough breaks. I thought he had a good rookie season, but it seems like he regressed from there. His second season, he wasn't great. His third season, after he caught COVID, he was taken out of the starting lineup for a fifth round rookie in Shane Lemieux. And in this season, he moved from left guard to right guard. And Will Hernandez, okay, when a defensive lineman runs a stunt, it's one thing if you can't block it, but he never knew when the damn stunt was coming. How how could you keep this man on the line into 2022? You can't. You can't. There is no excuse for Will Hernandez to be a giant in 2022. None. <laughs> That's the anger coming out. Oh, boy. Good content brings out the comments. Uh, Dominic Daniele says, first round talent, my ass. Yeah, Giants did pick him in the second round, but a lot of people said he had a first round grade. Yeah. John says he's never been the same since his rookie year. You're 100% correct, John. Yeah. You're 100% correct. It seems like I don't know what it was. I just think the turmoil on the offensive line, the lack of continuity really affected Whoa, him. easy there, Noah. OC1 rings with us. <laughs> OC also had a six-sack game against Donovan McNabb. Yeah. Yes, September 30th, 2007. Next up, and this is a one where we might have some differing opinions, Lorenzo Carter. I'm saying no. No. Yeah. He no, did have he, five sacks in the last five games, but he, did. he didn't he didn't show up for the first twelve. So I'm saying no. No. I don't want that. Yeah, when you I mean, there's an argument to keep him. The only argument to but keep him is coming from Jordan fans. And it, the only argument really is coming from the last five games. Like like that one. Yeah, no. he's gone. This is the problem with keeping Lorenzo Carter. He was a third-round draft pick, and the Giants already mentioned they want to upgrade at the edge rusher position. I think Zimenez is gone. You have Ojolari, you have Roche, and you have Ellerson Smith, all rookies from last year's draft, and you're probably drafting another one this year. Why would you keep Lorenzo Carter and spend money on that position when you have 11 draft picks, which Shane kept repeating, I thought we only had nine, but now I believe we have 11. We probably have two comp picks that we're unaware about, but Lorenzo Carter makes Patrick Willis look like Mark Herzlick. All right. Mark Herzlick won a ring, okay? And he was a very, <laughs> very good special teams no. linebacker. Dude. I love Mark Herzlick. He was like mm. – uh, a really good player who was on this team for a long time that you could trust. You could trust him. You know, he started at times as well, but we're three for three on Lorenzo Carter. I think I'm surprised. No, 
Nobody in the comments section has had an issue with that. The next guy, this might cause some controversy, Billy Price. Billy Price is a player who was traded for for B.J. Hill, a trade that should have never been made by Dave Gettleman. B.J. Hill is now about to play in the AFC Championship game on Sunday. Billy Price will be sitting at home watching him. Billy Price went through a lot of stuff this year. Unfortunately, he lost his unborn child, which is very sad. And he was forced into the starting duties after Nick Gates went down with a season-ending injury. Uh, I hated Billy Price the first eight weeks of the season. He was my least favorite giant on the team. Hank could account for that. James could account for that. Now, looking back at it, Billy Price was our second best offensive lineman this season behind Andrew Thomas. He really was. He was better than Skura. He was better than Bredesen, Solder, and Hernandez. Again, there's not much competition. Billy Price is a former first-round pick. I say keep Billy Price as a backup for 2022 you need depth on this offensive line and i think price backup offensive lineman so i'm keeping billy price i'm gonna say 50 50 on that but i'm leaning towards keeping him just just because he's somewhat improved and well i mean after all they do need more help on the offensive line but Again, that's more again, I think and I think him <laughs> I love that comment. I think him staying and him improving had more to do with and being the better really had more to do with how bad the unit as a whole for the most part was than really how good price was. But in any event, I still gotta give him credit for re, for improving the second half. So I'll say I'll say keep him, but I'm not hundred percent confident in that decision. Yeah. Price has talent, former Remington Award winner. This is true. I forgot about that. Mark was great in his role, referring to Mark Herzlick. Resigned Kiwanuka. Ooh, I would love Kiwi back on this team, but I think he's he's a little too old now, Noah. Her first round pick back in 2006. All right. John Ross was signed to a one year deal. I think we're all going no on this one, right? No. Think that was a waste of two and a half million dollars. Never yep. made sense. Levine Toilolo, a guy that Dave Gettleman took time out of his day to restructure. <laughs> when I found out the transfer restructuring the contract of oh Levine Toilolo, I nearly had a stroke. Isn't it? Isn't it amazing, Tom, how every time we look at a lot of Dave Gettleman's <laughs> one by one, it just gets worse and worse by the day. <laughs> this guy was so bad. Like, Joe Shane must have walked in the building. Like, what the fuck are these guys doing? <laughs> Joe Shane already has a plan for the 2022 draft. He was already evaluating talent rounds one through four before he took this job. All Screw right, that so, guy, Levine Toilolo, also a former Falcon, <laughs> and then a former 49er. Yeah, maybe you should go back to the Falcons. Where do we need more Falcons fans in the comments section like this one? <laughs> Toilolo makes Evan Ingram look like only good <laughs> All right, regaining our composure here, Mike Lennon. This is an obvious no. Mike Lennon should not touch a New York Giants uniform ever again. 
What are you talking about? A backup quarterback is important. You need one as much to fight. No, I can't even say it with a straight face. Obviously, no. What do you mean? You, you guys didn't find his neck appealing or something? You know, he could see over everybody. Listen, easy, Doug. <laughs> yeah, so no. No. All right. Danny Shelton, I'm going no. Two, two and a half million again. I did not like the signing. Danny Shelton was brought in to be a spell for Austin Johnson, and it didn't work out very well. The Giants' run defense declined really bad in 2021, which is why we have defensive tackle as one of our biggest needs heading into the offseason. So I'm no for Danny Shelton. Yeah, no. Yep. So we're three for three in dumping Danny Shelton. Moving on to Reggie Ragland. This was a linebacker who was in and out of the lineup, more of a run-stuffing linebacker. He stepped up when Blake Martinez got injured. He started a lot of the games with Tay Crowder, but I don't know if there's a place for Reggie Ragland on this football team next year. I don't think Ragland's a bad player. I just don't see the Giants going out of their way to re-sign him. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. I don't know. I mean, I, I feel bad. I, I don't think he's a bad football player, guys. It's just a right. situation where, you know, you're rebuilding your roster. It's time to move on. Next up, Elijah Penny. Here, like, I'm very 50-50 on this one because at times this year, Elijah Penny looked like our best running back, which is sad because the man is technically a fullback, theoretically speaking. But I don't think you should bring him back. I want new faces on this roster. I don't, I don't want Penny to stay. So, yeah, I'm leaning no. Would I be pissed if they kept him? No. But I don't think – he has a place on this team next year, especially new GM, new coach. You're wiping this slate clean. I think he's gone. Yeah, no. I mean, yeah, no, he's gone. He gone. Cut for incorrectly spelling Elijah. (laughs) (laughs) Noah, you are a funny man. Long snapper Casey Kreider. Former pro bowler for the Denver Broncos came here. Um, If you've noticed, one of our expertises that we have never had an issue with the past two seasons has been the snap. Mm. The snaps have been on target. The holds have been on target for Riley Dixon. I think Casey Kreider and Riley Dixon are a good team. Obviously, Graham Gano. I mean, our kicker, punter, and long snapper are probably three of the better players on our roster. That's that that, that is not a good thing. I'm keeping Casey Kreider. Yeah, that's. It says something then that one of the few positions we're even keeping out of all our free agents is the long snapper. You know why long snapper is an important player on the Giants, Noah? I think the long snapper became an official position because of Trey Junkin. In 2002, which January, is something we don't we don't talk about that moment. As January 6, 2003. Well, technically, it was it was the 2002 season, but yes, the game happened January 6th, 2003, and it was one of the first Giants games I ever watched. And there I am watching the Giants blow a lead. Jeremy Shockey, that touchdown was ruled incomplete. Uh, yeah, I, I, I Tom's triggered. I don't want to talk about that game. Jeff Garcia beat us in the wild card round, not once, but twice. Um, Keeping a good long snapper is important. 
why are we spending two minutes of our show on the long snapper position? Because it is an important position. Yeah. Yep. It is. Colin Gillespie, no. I, I don't think he should come back. He was a special teams body. He he was a Joe Judge signing. Uh, I don't think he's back. He He's not a bad football player. He's a good high IQ guy when it comes to special team situations, but I don't think he's back. Yeah, he's gone. Hank, any differing stance on Jalaspia? My yeah. one devil's advocate. We cut Elijah Penny and Colin Jalaspia. Who's the who's the new fullback? If we don't bring them back, just saying. If the Giants want to keep a fullback, should they keep one of those two who is familiar with blocking for Barkley, whether it be in practice? You know, just to play devil's advocate there. Yeah, you keep Penny then. I think if you had to keep one of the two, that's probably who you would keep, right? Yeah. Tom and Hank can remember Giants games from Vietnam, but probably can't remember what they did yesterday. <laughs> Giants during Vietnam weren't even good. <laughs> well, actually, no. They did have two winning seasons during Vietnam. They won, they won 10 and 4 in 1970, just barely missed the playoffs. That was Fran Tarkenton's best season at quarterback. And then. 72, they went 8-6, and six, didn't have another winning season till 1981. All right, two more names. Dante Pettis, um, maybe as like a, a back-of-the-roster player, reserve player, but again, these back-of-the-roster players aren't going to stick, so I'm going no. He gets the coin, trip, the coin flip treatment. <laughs> okay, Hank. Um, I'm going to lean towards no, but I wouldn't necessarily be upset if he says. Last player, Keon Crossan. I want Crossan back on this team, but I don't know if he will be because Joe Judge is no longer the head coach. So I'm very 50-50 about Crossan. I'm going to lean towards no, but I would like him to come back. Yeah, I'm going to say the same thing regarding Keon Crossan. I would – Probably lean towards no. Wouldn't really be. A, wouldn't really bother me losing sleep if he came back. But I'm. It's. 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 It's a loss. I wouldn't really lose sleep over. Essentially. Yeah. I don't think. Well. Can. Yeah. We're talking about off-season needs, guys, and you know one common thing we've talked about tonight is the Giants' biggest two needs are the two sides of the trenches, right? The offensive line and the edge rusher position. And that includes the interior defensive line as well, defensive tackles. So there's a lot of good draft prospects out there, edge rushers, linebackers like David Ojabo, Nicobe Dean, Jordan Davis out of Georgia at defensive tackle. Is there any position that you think we should include besides the um, position I have listed on this banner? Maybe a, maybe a running back? Maybe. Maybe. Depending on what Barkley does. Booker is, Booker is under contract for one more year, and so is Barkley. And then you have Brightwell, who was drafted to be primarily a special teams guy. I don't even think the man got a carry this year. No. So I don't think drafting a running back would hurt you necessarily, right? Like on day three? No, if it's a late rounder, no. It wouldn't hurt you day three. They took Gary Brightwell over Elijah Mitchell. 
Elijah Mitchell is the starting running back in the NFC Championship game on Sunday. Of course. Sixth round pick, guys. Sixth round pick. More production than the number two overall pick from four years ago in Saquon. Unacceptable. It's it's sad. You know, it's really sad that we sit here every Thursday night and have these discussions over and over again, how the Giants miss draft picks. They don't evaluate talent great, and that is why Joe Shane is our new GM, because he could evaluate talent. And that's why I think this team is headed in the right direction. Now, folks, yes, we remain hopeful. He could be good at interviews. He could be good at evaluating talent, but could he be good at the job, right? I think that's one thing. I think some Giants fans are overhyping Shane a little bit too much. Just he has some magical wand to resolve all our problems. No, he doesn't. Joe Shane could potentially not be the answer. He's, it's not a foregone conclusion that he's the answer. I think some Giants fans are a little bit too optimistic right now. Let's wait and see what Shane does in the offseason. Do I think he was a good hire? Yes. Do I think he has the ability and capability to fix this team? Yes. Do I think he will do it? I do. But is that a foregone conclusion? Absolutely not. No. We have to be very diplomatic here when we talk about this, right? That's how it is as Giants fans. We're, we're used to failure this past decade, which is very sad. The Maras and the Tishes, they're very enthusiastic about winning. They hired Shane. And now the next domino is to fall into place. Can they hire a good head coach? Can they fill out a good coaching staff? Can Daniel Jones be the guy? What free agents will they bring in? Can the Giants have a good draft? Oh, John Jersey Taylor is becoming a really, really good friend of mine tonight. Kyron Williams in the third round. John, you are a smart man because this is one player I think the Giants should look at either in the third round or on day three. I think Kyron Williams could potentially be a future running back on the Giants. Not only because I'm a Notre Dame fan, because Barkley's on his fifth-year option. Mm -hmm. Why are you going to pay him all that money when you can draft a rookie who can develop? And, John, we were just talking about this a moment ago. Look what Elijah Mitchell out of Louisiana Lafayette, a school that half the fan base has probably never heard of, has done for the 49ers this year. Granted, he benefited because of the Raheem Mostert injury, and that's a good offensive scheme to learn under in Kyle Shanahan's that helped him. But look what he was able to do. Who says Kyron Williams can't do the same? A player who's coming out after his, ju- after his junior year and a player that reminds a lot of people of Dalvin Cook. I, <laughs> I mean, it's... It's it's not it's not rocket science. You you don't draft a running back that high unless you're for sure that your team is set and that it could work. The Giants thought they were set, and that's why they drafted Barkley. They thought they'd magically jump from three and thirteen to like an eight eight to ten win team. It didn't happen. It doesn't happen overnight. I think Gettleman. I think Gettleman was using the force to make picks. Shake my head. You know, apparently Jason Garrett was the one that influenced the Giants to draft Andrew Thomas. Oh, good for Jason Garrett. Because it worked out. Yeah. And apparently Kadarius Toney was a Joe Judge pick, from what I'm hearing. All right. Um, Mm, Not terrible. Again, you know, the jury's still out. Yeah. 
we won't miss Nicobe Dean. We'll won't miss with Nicobe Dean or Jordan Davis. I'd love Jordan Davis. If he can somehow dip to the second round like Christian Barmore did last year, my gosh. No, 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 Notre Dame bums. Um, Kyron Williams can catch too. That's another thing, right? You want a running back that can catch the football and move. I think Barkley can do that, but again, he's injury prone. You want another running back that can do that run between the tackles and move. Not a guy who's going to dance around in the backfield and have three negative runs and then a 20 yard run, right? You want consistent like six to seven yard runs and an occasional burst. That's what you want from your running back, right? Mm. I mean, yeah. Barkley has one last year to prove himself. I want Barkley to succeed. I want him to be the running back of this football team next season. I do. But the Giants are probably best off if he comes out and he has a good season in 2022 to trade Saquon Barkley for draft capital. As much as that hurts me to say, I think that's the right thing to do because you're planning for the future here, right? Barkley, another player who's been set up to fail. Put him on a team that is better suited for him, you know? Draft Jack Cone late. All right, you're just getting ridiculous, Noah. (laughs) I'm a Notre Dame fan. I don't want Jack Cone on the Giants. I don't want Jack Cone on the Giants. (laughs) Now, let's take a peek into the Giants' 2022 opponents. So, this year, with the 17-game schedule in 2021, the Giants only had eight home games and nine road games. 2022, the Giants will have nine home games and eight road games. So, the home games will be against these opponents. The three divisional opponents, the Bears finished in last. Uh, I'm sorry, no. The Giants play the NFC North this year. That's the one NFC division they'll play every team. So they'll play the Bears and the Lions at home. They'll play the AFC South. That's the other, that's the AFC division that they'll play. They'll play the Texans and the Colts at home. They're playing the Carolina Panthers because they play the last place team in the NFC South and the last place team in the NFC West. So they play the Panthers. And then Baltimore is the extra game. Baltimore is the extra game. The extra game is against an AFC opponent. Um, that finished in the same place as you. And Baltimore finished last place in the AFC North. Unbelievably odd, right? They were 8-9, and nine, last place in the North. That's how competitive that division was. But I'm looking at this home schedule right here. This is doable. I mean, look who we're playing. I think, you know, the Colts, the Cowboys, the Ravens, those are three tough games. But the other six games, you could argue those are very winnable games. I mean, the Lions, the Texans, the Bears, Washington, Philly, Carolina. That's a reason for optimism, guys. Yeah, no, let's... I mean, look, every now and then you'll get a, a beneficial schedule and maybe that's it's enough to slip you in the playoffs. Doesn't mean that's obviously the goal of what the Giants are trying to do, but wouldn't surprise me if that happened. But again, am I banking on it? Absolutely not. No. Although I will say this. 
I'm looking at the road schedule too. That's not a, those aren't unwinnable games either. The Packers are going to be so much worse this offseason. You might if not they, even have well, well if they move on. But the Packers also have free agents. Devontae yeah. Adams. Exactly. Devontae Campbell. They, they're in so much cap hell. They're gonna they're screwed. Jaguars, again, is that unwinnable? No. Seahawks, definitely winnable, especially if they move on and trade Russell Wilson. And yeah, Vikings is a coin flip. I it's not entirely out of the question. I'm just not banking. We're not beating the Vikings. No. I said coin toss. I said Hank, maybe. Hank, you know how I feel about the Vikings. I, look. Yeah, you, yeah, you love them. I know. No, it's, it's, it's not that. It, it, it is my closet team. But <laughs> I think the Vikings are winning the North next season. I do. I really do. They're playing Tennessee on the road. That's a tough place to play. Dallas, yeah, not, that, that's a loss. Green Bay, again, I think that's a loss. I don't know who's starting at quarterback, Rodgers or Love, whoever the heck it is. Jacksonville, Seattle, those are winnable games. I think the Giants will have a more favorable home schedule than – They could win the Minnesota game. Who knows? That'll okay. be a Dalvin Tomlinson revenge game. Hmm. Tom can't even pick a good closet team. Shake my head. Well, a lot of Giants fans like the Vikings because of Fran Tarkenton. There's a lot of similarities between the two franchises, Noah. Um, You know, so that's kind of where my head is at. Plus, the Giants and Vikings tend to go after the same players and the same coaches. Pat Shermer, former Vikings OC. Dalvin Tomlinson and Ryan Connolly, former Giants. You know? So there's a lot of similarity between these two franchises. But James Hank, we've talked about a lot tonight. We talked about Joe Shane, takeaways from his press conference. We talked about Brian Dable, Brian Flores, Lou Anarumo, Leslie Frazier, Dan Quinn, free agent. I mean, we've pretty much gone over everything. It's definitely been an exciting show. I thought – uh, you guys were great in the comments section. And James, thank you for hopping on on last minute notice, giving no us problem. your opinion and your thoughts on this football team. You know, you do such a good job pushing the buttons backstage. Might as well give you an opportunity tonight yeah. to come on here. I try. Uh, I appreciate you guys. That's with me. us. Absolutely. Yeah, no, yeah, no, I don't get to talk to you much on shows and like off streams. So that was cool getting in here. You're inside James. Thanks a lot. Yeah, no problem at all. Uh, folks in the comments section, um, appreciate you. Noah says James, the goat, that is right. Uh, we're approaching the nine o'clock hour. So if you have any questions over the next minute or two, please get them in now. Um, I just want to say that we're going to have another show or two, and then we're going to end the Facebook and YouTube live streams, um, for a little, a little bit. And we'll pick things up when the draft starts. We're going to continue to do YouTube recordings on our YouTube channel at Big Blue Avenue, which you can follow at below. I'm going to be breaking down some of the draft prospects from the Senior Bowl and outside of the Senior Bowl that I think would be good fits for the New York Giants. We're going to have some good interviews line up, going to reach out to license plate guy. We're already set up to have Bobby Skinner from Talking Giants join us in February. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And John Jersey Taylor, who's been great tonight with the comment, we need a great O-line coach. Yes, we do, because we, we do. lost Rob Stale. Mm-hmm. 
we lost Rob Sale. Good uh good coach. We lost sure. Coach Chaos as well, our D line coach, Sean Spencer. Which admin review and preview didn't get my John Cena joke yesterday, damn it. I got it. That was me, Noah. <laughs> I feel terrible for it because out of the three people here, I'm probably the biggest wrestling fan. That's right. You can't see I don't me. even watch wrestling. I just <laughs> I love that. John Felix Anthony Cena from Boston, Mass. All right, folks. Well, we appreciate you all commenting tonight. Great work, Tom. Great work, Noah. I'll be uh, I'll do my best to try to annoy the crap out of you tomorrow on the Sweet Tea Show. <laughs> James Montefusco, Hank and Dichter saying so long here from Big Blue Avenue. I'm Tom Scavetta. James, I don't know if you know our little uh, end of show shenanigans that we pull. Don't but without further ado, let's go Big, Big Blue. Blue. Good night, everybody.